want to uh, preach a very simple message this morning, and I think it's short, Rich, but uh, if you've been preaching for long at all, you know to never promise that, right? Uh, Matthew chapter 13 this morning, of course, we've seen um, these various parables. You're familiar with them all now. We've seen the Lord deal uh, in and through these parables uh, regarding truths, uh, truths regarding the kingdom of heaven, and we've, we've seen and, ma and made much of these things uh, over the weeks. And uh, at the close of, of the teaching, uh, Jesus uh, kind of gets up and uh, he determines to travel back to Nazareth, Nazareth, which, uh, Gary, that was his hometown, right? I want you to uh, see with me here, beginning in uh, verse 53. Let's stand together if you're able to this morning, please. I want to read uh, here in Matthew 13, uh, verse 53, down through the end, and it's just a short number of verses here this morning. Matthew 13, uh, beginning in verse 53, the Bible says this, It came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, finished teaching them, he departed thence. When he uh, was come into his own country, Nazareth, uh, he taught them in their synagogue, and so much they were astonished and said, Whence has this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother Mary and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then has this man all these things? They were offended in him. They were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. Please see verse 58. And he did not many mighty works there because of their what, church? Their unbelief. Consequences of unbelief this morning. Consequences of unbelief. Let's pray, please. Father, thank you uh, this morning for this passage. Lord, I thank you this morning for the, the belief that you've given us in our hearts to place right upon Christ. Lord, we know this morning that uh, even people who have found faith and exercised it in Christ, Lord, we need to stand guard against unbelief. Lord, we need to look to you to encourage our belief. Father, I pray this morning that we'd be reminded of the, the terrible consequences of allowing unbelief to reign in our hearts. Lord, I pray this morning that you would work here and that you'd be honored and glorified this morning. Father, help me. I need that. I pray that you help us each now, Father, to see that which you would have us to see, to apply it, Lord, in our individual lives as you desire. And Lord, in our church corporately, exactly as you desire. Father, I pray that you'll work here now in just these next few minutes. Accomplish that which you desire. Lord, I love you. I thank you. Pray now that you use me in Jesus' name. Uh, amen. Struggle with a doubt from time to time. Do you ever, do you ever find little, little doubts creeping into your heart from time to time? That, that ever, do, you ever, do you ever struggle with that? It, it, it's a normal thing, of course, and the Lord understands that. Uh, we'll deal with that this morning. Before we get there, though, I want, you, I want to take a minute here looking at the first several verses uh, that we looked at. And I want to, uh, I want to just um, 
make a couple of observations here quickly and come back to the, the consequence of the unbelief that Jesus uh, encountered here. Before we do that, number one this morning, want you see that Jesus graciously, he graciously traveled back to Nazareth, uh, Nazareth to instruct the people there. He gracious, number one, Jesus graciously traveled back to Nazareth uh, to instruct the people there. Now, why would I say graciously? Why would I say that he, uh, did they deserve to have him back there uh, at Nazareth, Brother Art? Did they, did they deserve to have him back there teaching? Are, isn't this the same place, his hometown, where they literally ran the Lord out of town and, uh, and would have thrown him down a cliff the first time uh, that he taught there? Make a note back in Luke chapter 4, uh, Luke chapter 4, uh, Jesus had been teaching there in the synagogue at, at Nazareth, and he, and he was telling, he wanted them to understand that he uh, fulfilled various Old Testament prophecies. He fulfilled them all, of course, and, and, and he did that perfectly, but he was dealing with them about some specific prophecies. Uh, with, no doubt with the purpose of helping them to see that, yeah, he's the Messiah. Uh, sure, he's, uh, he's one who had grown up there, and he was the son of Mary and uh, son of Joseph. They didn't understand all of that. They didn't know, but, but uh, he is, in fact, the Messiah. He wanted them to understand that. Well, they were offended. They were offended by that. Uh, Luke, 20, Luke 4, chapter 28 says that, uh, all they in the synagogue, when they had heard these things, were filled with wrath. They were angered uh, that he had taught them that uh, and rose up and thrust him out of the city uh, and led him under the brow of the hill whereon their city was built that they might cast him down uh, headlong. Gary, they, desi they desired to kill him. Their desire was to throw him over the, over the hill, down the cliff, off, off the cliff. That was their response when he had last taught there. Uh, and yet Christ, Brother Art, having finished teaching up here at Galilee, at least for now, uh, having taught these wonderful parables regarding the kingdom of heaven, uh, he, he leaves there uh, and he travels down south and west back to Nazareth again. Uh, would you agree that was very gracious? Would you agree that was great? Do we have a gracious Savior this morning? We touched on that in, in the Sunday School Hour this morning. Thank you. Uh, if you were able to be here this morning, I appreciate that. Uh, we saw the grace of Christ this morning. And, and Brother Steve, I believe you see the grace of Christ here. Again, his willingness to go back to this place where he had been so much rejected and so uh, mistreated. Uh, did Jesus know what would happen if he went back there again? Did he know that? Zach, you said this morning that he's omniscient, right? In Sunday school hour, we, we saw some suggestion of the omniscience of Christ. Yeah, he knows all things. Is that a good thing? It is a good thing. Sometimes it's a convicting thing, right? Lord, I wish you didn't know this and this and this. Uh, given that he does, we better just keep confessing, right? Uh, Jesus knew what would happen the first time, and so he graciously preached there anyway the first time. Uh, and he knew if he went back to Nazareth graciously, uh, he knew what Nazareth, I can't say that, Brother Steve, would you pray for me? Pray, Lord, help the pastor to say Nazareth, please. <laughs> uh, he knew what would happen if he went back there again. He knew that he would be rejected 
there again, and, and yet he did go back there uh, again. Look, look with me here in verse 55. Is not this, we, we read it already, but let's see it again. Is not this the carpenter's son? They, they should have remembered what he had said when he was last there. It hasn't been years and years and years and years. Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? Isn't she just a woman? She's, just, she's here. Uh, his, he's got brothers here, James and Joseph and, and Simon and Judas. and His sisters, they're, they're here too. Uh, isn't he just a person like the rest of us? Uh, no. Uh, his sisters, are they not all here with us? Whence then has this man all these things? How is it that he has such wisdom? How is it that he's able to perform tremendous, mighty miracles? How is this possible? Isn't he just a person like us? His family's here. They don't have this incredible wisdom. They're, they're not performing uh, great and mighty miracles. Well, he's not just like everybody else, amen? Aren't you glad for that this morning? Aren't you glad this morning that we have a Savior who's not just like the, the rest of us? He's, he's God the Son. Gary, he came as a man, and I'm glad for that. He understands. He's experienced what it's like to be a man. Uh, he came as a man, so he could die on the cross for us, shed real blood. Uh, praise God for that. But uh, he's also God the Son. Zach, he is omniscient. He does know all things. He's omnipotent. He's able to do anything and everything that he chooses to do. Uh, he's omnipresent. He's everywhere, perfectly present in every place all the time. Aren't you glad for that? You, you cannot get out of the presence of Christ. He's with us. He's in us, but with us uh, everywhere that we go. He, he's all of that uh, and so very much more. Uh, Jesus graciously went back to his hometown of Nazareth. Thank you for praying, brother. <laughs> and uh, and he, he preached again, knowing exactly what would happen. They'd reject him again. Whence that they, they didn't understand, uh, and they were offended. Uh, look at verse 57. They were offended uh, in him. He, he had taught them previously that he's the Messiah. He was the fulfillment of prophecy. Uh, and, they, and they try to, to, to drive him over a cliff. He comes back and teaches them again. And they, they, they just refuse to get it. Their hearts uh, evidently are hardened against the possibility uh, that he's not just one of them, but he's God the Son. Uh, and they were offended. I'm going to say this. They chose uh, to be offended in him uh, or by him. They rejected him. By the way, back in chapter 11 and verse 6, uh, Jesus told John's disciples, blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. That's a good thing. Uh, you're not offended by Christ this morning, are you? <laughs> praise God. I, I mean, praise God that the Lord has shown us who he is. He is the Messiah. He is, uh, he is the Son of God. He's God the Son. He's the one that went to the cross for us. Uh, we praise God for that. Jesus said here in, in the second part of verse 57, Jesus said to them, A prophet, not without honor, save in his own country uh, and, and in his own house. And uh, probably have heard teaching on that over the years. One man said, Men are ready to undervalue, slight, and disesteem those that they've been brought up uh, with and ordinarily conversed with and amongst. There's a tendency or temptation in our hearts to dismiss or undervalue teaching of someone who's become very familiar to us. And 
uh, in a church. That could be the pastor or someone who teaches in the church. We have to stand guard uh, against that, be, be aware of that tendency. Uh, but I think the, the main point here of, of these few verses uh, is just the wonderful grace of Christ being willing to go where he had been rejected, uh, knowing that, and he knew for sure, he knew perfectly well uh, that he would be rejected again. Um, Brother Gary, I've thought about these verses this week, and I'm going to say this, I'm convicted by these verses Anybody else here, are you convicted by these verses? Someone say, well, Pastor, what's to be convicted about? Uh, why would you be convicted? Have you, ever, have you ever resisted going back to someone who you shared the gospel with because they rejected it? Uh, you know, you, you've shared the gospel. You said, Lord, I, I, you know, I've done my thing. I've been faithful uh, to talk to this relative or, or this person who I work with or, or this neighbor, uh, this per- whoever it is. Lord, I've, I've been faithful, I've gone, and I've shared the gospel, and, and they didn't want to hear it. They, they rejected it. Uh, if we're not careful, we make that an excuse not to try again. Amen? And so I, I'm convicted here. Uh, I'm convicted by this. Uh, we're, if we're not careful, sometimes if someone rejected the gospel, uh, if we're not careful, we don't even pray. That's convicting too. Uh, Lord, thank you for the example of my Savior. He was rejected in this place. They, they rejected him. They, they refused to receive him. They refused to, uh, to accept him. They, they, they chose to be offended. He went back again, graciously, graciously went back again and preached again and taught again, knowing full well that the vast majority of the people there uh, would reject him again. Lord, help me, uh, help me to be Christ-like in, in that way. Uh, when I've shared the gospel, give me a heart to keep praying. Uh, if someone doesn't get saved the first time they, they hear the gospel, Lord, give me a heart to graciously keep praying for that person uh, or those people. God, give me, give me a heart to be Christ-like uh, and to go back again, uh, to share again. Uh, you may say, well, if I go again, they'll, they'll probably just reject the gospel again. Can, can you just say, Lord, I'm going to go again anyway. God, God, give me grace. Give me strength to go again anyway. Uh, are we convicted here at all this morning by Christ's example? I am. I am. I want to encourage you this morning, if you don't, to have a, a list of people that you're praying for, for, for their salvation. I want to encourage you this morning, you may not even know all their names, but certainly people that you know their names, have a list and, uh, and, and, and pray for them by name. And, and when people have rejected the gospel, keep praying. Uh, and when people have rejected the gospel despite your prayers, keep praying uh, and, and pray, Lord, give me an opportunity to go back and share the gospel again. And Lord, give me uh, your grace and, and your strength to go back again uh, and to share. Lord, if you'll give me an opportunity, if you'll open the door, I'll, I'll go through the door again. Uh, raise your hand this morning if you were saved the very first time you heard the gospel. Very first time. There's a couple of hands, and, and praise God. Raise your hand this morning if you weren't saved the very first time you heard the gospel. <laughs> That's most of us, right? The majority of us were not saved the very first time. We, I, I'm going to say this, Brother Steve. The first time I heard the gospel, it had my attention, amen? But I needed to hear it more than once before I made the decision to place my faith in Christ. And I think that's true for most people. 
Uh, all but two of us had to hear the gospel more than once uh, before we got saved. Uh, let's stand guard this morning against the temptation to be kind of one and done. Let's, let's not allow ourselves to say, I've done my part, I've shared the gospel, uh, I don't ever have to talk to that person about Christ ever. No, no, we, uh, most of us needed to hear the gospel uh, more than once. Pray, uh, pray and look for opportunities uh, to go back again. Now I want to come back now uh, to uh, verse 58 here and spend the balance of our time uh, in a very simple idea, just a, a very simple idea. Uh, the unbelief of the people here, uh, Jesus went graciously. He went graciously knowing they'd reject him again, number one. Uh, number two, uh, their unbelief, their unbelief had, had great consequences. Uh, it had great consequences. Someone may be wondering, why would the Lord go back there if he knew that they would reject him again? You thought about that? Why would he go back there, Brother Steve? Why, why would Jesus, by the way, this trip to get back to Nazareth from where he was kind of uh, up at the, uh, on the shore of, of the Sea of Galilee, uh, up in the north there, to get back to Nazareth, uh, not be an easy thing. It was difficult terrain. It was hilly. It was probably hot at this time. It uh, would not have been an easy thing for him to do. Uh, Zach, he's omniscient. He knew exactly what would happen when he got there. Uh, you might think, well, knowing that they would reject him again, uh, maybe, Lord, it'd be more strategic for you to go somewhere where you know people might be inclined to uh, receive you. That's not the choice that he made. Uh, he made the choice to go to Nazareth despite the fact that he knew that he would be rejected there again. Do you think the Lord might have had a purpose in doing that? Do you think? Did you just do it because? Uh, Gary, I've said many times this year, and it's something that God just keeps impressing upon my heart. The Lord acts with purpose. Amen. He acts with purpose. He's a purposeful God. He, he's, he's, he, he's a God who acts with his purposes, and, and he carries out his purposes in our life, uh, through our lives. We, we praise God for that. I believe this morning that the one of the reasons, at least we can see one of the reasons, I believe, he went back to Nazareth, even though he knew that he would be rejected, uh, so that uh, so that we would be able to observe the consequences of, of the unbelief there. And this is really, again, what I want to focus on in, in the balance of our time. The Lord, uh, I believe, wanted to underscore the consequence uh, of unbelief. Now, we know probably the greatest consequence of someone not believing is what, church? Uh, not, so, a person who chooses to not come to Christ in faith, the greatest consequence for them would be what? You, you got an H word? What is it? Hell. That's it, right? Uh, I, <laughs> I read someone, someone wrote online this week, and that was a pretty, pretty good statement. He said, no one, no one will be in hell because of unbelief. And I thought, that's interesting. I'm not, I'm not sure I agree with that. His point was that anyone who goes to hell will go to hell because of their sin. That's true, right? Anyone who goes to hell will go to hell because of their sin. That's why people are in hell today. It's because of their sin. That, that's the thing. Uh, Christ is the only way to be forgiven of sin, right? So I understand we, we, we might say the greatest consequence 
of, of unbelief be hell. It's true. Sin is what condemns someone to hell. In uh, a person's rejection of Christ, their refusal to come to Christ in faith, uh, a, a wonderful trusting belief of faith, uh, you reject the offer of salvation that comes with that, well, you're rejecting the only answer to sin that condemns a person to hell. That, that's, that's true. And, and so there is a sense in which we might say the greatest consequence of unbelief uh, for lost person uh, is hell. But what about unbelief in the life of a believer? That doesn't sound quite right. And call, call ourselves believers. But what about uh, unbelief in the life of a believer? Do we struggle with unbelief in our hearts even as believers? Church, do we? Some, some are going like this. I hear amen. It's true. Uh, do we struggle at times to believe the Lord's promise. What was it in Sunday school? We sang, sang standing on the promises. Standing, the Bible's filled with promises, right? But do we, do you just have the easiest time believing all the Lord's promises? You struggle with some of them? Do you struggle with some of them? Church, do you? That's good to be honest. Someone say, no, pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm just there. The Lord, <laughs> I said something like this last week too, I think. Uh, the, the Lord's got me to a place where I just, I don't have any trouble uh, believing every single one of his promises. There's never, I, say, I would say, praise God. Good for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for growing me to a place where I, I just don't struggle much to believe uh, any of your promises or all of your promises and uh, worries and, and, and doubts n- never creep in. I'll say, praise God, but... Uh, for the rest of us, um, we need to consider the consequences of not dealing with the little struggles, the, the unbelief uh, in our hearts. Look with me, please, in, in verse 58. Look with me in verse 58. Bible says that, can we read verse 58 together, please? Could we read it together? And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Now, I don't know if, about you. Maybe, maybe you've skipped over that verse and not thought too much about it in the past. Gary, I, I might be that person. I might not have thought too much about this verse in the past. I know I've read it <laughs> many times and, uh, and considered it. And, but I just feel like this week as I've studied this passage, the Lord has, has just kind of seared this into my, my mind. Uh, how, how horrible this is. He did not many works. By the way, I'm not calling Christ horrible, amen? But the situation there is horrible. Uh, he did not many works there because of their unbelief. Now, Matthew does, forgive me, Mark records that the Lord did do some miracles there. He didn't, he, he didn't just go there and, and not act like who he is, uh, in what he's like. But we have this truth. He did not many mighty works there because uh, of their unbelief. Did their unbelief have consequences? Did their unbelief have consequences? It did. Uh, those, those that refused to see who he was, those, those that hardened their heart against him, uh, those, those that refused to come to him in faith, they remained lost. There was no answer for their sin. And no doubt some people that were there that day 
uh, are in hell today, no, no doubt, because of their unbelief. Also know there were some people there who, who believed, and yet they did not have the privilege to see all of the miracles that Christ might have done there uh, had there been more belief there that day. Is that a big deal? I believe it's a big deal because what it shows me, Brother Art, is that there's great consequences for unbelief. There's great consequences uh, for unbelief. You might say, well, Pastor, I, I don't know if this is really aimed at believers here. I don't, I don't know if there's a warning here for unbelievers, uh, excuse me, for believers. And this, this might just be a consequence uh, for unbelievers. Um, turn, keep, keep your hand here, please, but turn over to Hebrews chapter 3, please. Please. Take a Bible, please, if you need one. Hebrews chapter 3. The Bibles are back out in the pews, right? Uh, if you don't have one, uh, go ahead and grab a Bible. Hebrews chapter 3. The book of Hebrews is written to believers. And Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12 uh, is directed uh, at believers. Uh, Hebrews chapter 3 is written to believers. The whole book is. Are you there? Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12. The Bible says this. Take heed. What's the next word? Brethren. Who's that? Save people. <laughs> save people. Take heed. Pay attention. Save people. That's what, that's what the writer of Hebrews says. Lest there be in any of you, in any of you believers, a what? What are the next four words, church? Evil heart of what? He's talking to believers. Believers are at risk of having an evil heart of unbelief uh, and departed from living God. Uh, he, he says, you need to take care as a believer to continue forward in faith, not letting not letting unbelief creep into your heart, not letting unbelief take root into your heart. Uh, uh, this first points to a, a great consequence for allowing that to happen. What's the consequence at the end of verse 12? What is that? In, in what? What does it say? Parted from living God. I understand I can't lose my salvation. I believe the Bible is perfectly clear about that. But I believe if, if I'll allow unbelief to take root in my life as a believer, it can have great consequences in my life, eventually leading me away from a close, personal, daily walk with my Savior. Can that happen? Can it happen? Does it happen? It absolutely does. Uh, and you can talk to people in our church, and you know some testimonies from people in our, you know it can happen. Uh, you know, is that a, <laughs> what a terrible thing. What a terrible thing. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of, un it's evil, it's wicked, uh, an evil heart of unbelief departing from living God. Um, we are at risk of allowing unbelief to creep into our hearts, to take root, and, and left not dealt with. It has great consequences in our life. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. What would be some things that would help you get there? 
If, if, you wanted, if you wanted to have an evil heart of unbelief lead you away from the Lord, what would be some good choices to make if that's what you wanted? Give me, give me some thoughts. If that was your desire, what would be some good choices to make? Zach, you got one? If, if that was your desire to, to allow unbelief to take root in your heart and lead you away from a close walk with the Lord, what might you do? <laughs> what might you do? Gary, what might you do? Stop going to church. <laughs> Start drinking. Yeah, just living, living for whatever pleasure the world could offer. Uh, stop going. You, the very first thing you said was stop going to church. Yeah, I mean, that, that'll, that'd be a great choice to make if, if this is what you wanted for, for your life, right? Uh, not, stop reading your Bible. Uh, get out of the habit of, of feeding upon the Word of God. Get out of the habit of, of praying. Get out of the habit of fellowshipping with believers. Get out of the habit of serving the Lord. By the way, you get out of a habit one little step at a time, right? One little step at a time. You stop going to Sunday school. You stop going to the Sunday night service. You stop going to the Wednesday night service. Pretty soon, not that big of a deal if I'm not at all the Sunday morning services. One little step at a time. It's, it's okay if I don't read the Bible every Every day once in a while will do. It's okay if I don't pray every day once in a while will do. Uh, you, you get out of godly habits one little step at a time. But those little steps add up, don't they? They how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? You can't believe you ate the whole thing, but one bite at a time. One bite at a time. Lord help us. Lord, help us to understand the great consequences of, of not dealing with those doubts when they come. Uh, Lord, Lord, help us to be very mindful of the risk. Lord, help us to, to not just dismiss the little doubts in our hearts uh, when they come. What can you do? What can you do? <laughs> If, if all the choices, the bad choices that we just pointed to, would encourage us to grow in unbelief, uh, in, encourage that, maybe the opposite choices would discourage that. Amen? Uh, has your faith been grown as you've stayed faithful to be at church? Has your faith grown as a result of being? Who would say that? Has your faith grown because you've been in church? Has your faith grown? It's not the preacher. It's not the pastor. It's the word of God, right? It's the word of God. Uh, has your faith grown as, you, as you've spent time together uh, and shared each other's struggles and trials and, and prayed with each other on Wednesday nights and other times and and seeing God take you through trials. Maybe there wasn't a healing, but God got that brother or sister all the way through that trial, and God is continuing to sustain that person despite it ongoing. Has that grown your faith? Has that grown your faith? Um, has, has prayer grown your faith? Has prayer grown your faith? Have you prayed and seeing God answer prayers? Uh, have you prayed little prayers and seen God answer little prayers? Uh, and, and then said, well, maybe I could pray medium-sized prayers. And, you, and you've seen God answer medium-sized prayers. 
And, and then maybe you said, well, maybe I can pray big prayers. And, and God answered big prayers. And then you said, maybe I can answer. What's bigger than big? You got a word? Enormous prayers. Maybe you said, you know what, God, God answered the little ones and the medium ones and large ones. Maybe I can pray enormous prayers. Does God answer them too? He really does. He really, no prayer goes unanswered. Lord, give me a heart to receive the answer, whatever it is. By the way, if you struggle with God answers, your, his answer, your will is not aligned with his will. Ugh. Truth, right? It's true. We struggle with God's answer. Or if we're afraid of God's answer, my will is not aligned with his will. Lord, help me get my will aligned with your will. Um, we know how to deal with doubt. It's simple. Lord, help us to be faithful to you to avail ourselves of your answers to the doubts that, that we struggle with. Uh, Lord, help us to, to see <laughs> that uh, unbelief in the life of an unbeliever has great consequences. But Lord, there can be enormous, was that your word? Gigantic consequences in the life of a believer when we don't deal with unbelief. Do you think this morning that uh, there has been a time in your life where uh, you desired God to act, you desired him to work in your life or in the life of someone else? You had a great desire for God to do a great thing, whatever that thing was. But looking back, you see that, you know what? God did not do that thing, at least at that time. And I know that one of the reasons looking back today is that I simply did not believe that God could or would. Do you think? Do you think? I just didn't exercise faith. I had a desire that God would do. You understand this also, right? A desire for God to do something is not the same as faith that he can. It's not the same, right? I could desire the Lord to do all kinds of things. Do you desire the Lord to do all kinds of things? Do you have a list? Do you have a list of things that you desire God to do? That's your prayer list, right? <laughs> Don't, I mean, keep a prayer list. <laughs> this is my desire. This is my list. And as God changes your list, change your list. Amen? Don't keep praying the same things if you think God will change your list. Amen? Lord, help me to be yielded to you in my prayer life. You need to do that, right? Change the list. Has God, allow, allow God to change it. A desire that the Lord would do something is not the same as faith that he can. It's not the same. And I'm, I'm convinced, Gary, and it's just one of the things the Lord has impressed upon my heart this week through verse 58. He did not many works there because of their unbelief. Are we abusing this verse, church? <laughs> Are we abusing it this morning? I mean, am I, am I abusing this verse? 
I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I believe the Lord was preaching an evangelistic message there first. And, you know, uh, why did the Lord do so many miracles where he did? Why did he do that? <laughs> why did he do that? Um, turn, please. Turn to Luke 7. Turn to Luke 7, please. Would you do that, please? I want to encourage you again, if you don't have a Bible, grab a Bible. Or in church, grab a Bible, please. Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. We could, we could make a long list this morning of great miracles that, that Christ did. And by the way, as you study through the Gospels, that, that's a good exercise. Make a list of the miracles that Christ did. We did that um, in my Gospels class up at the college this past year. Just made this wonderful catalog of the, of the miracles of Christ. Brother Art, having a, a catalog or list of, of the miracles of Christ, that'll encourage your faith. Amen? You got a list as long as your arm of great miracles that Christ did. You can't help but be encouraged by that. Right? Because, you know, Christ did all of this, and, and this is just the tiniest portion of what he did. Right? That, that'll encourage your faith. Luke 7 and verse 18, the disciples of John uh, came, uh, verse uh, 19, uh, John calling unto him two of his disciples, sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou he that should come, or we look for another? Uh, when John sent two of his disciples to Jesus and said, Hey, ask him, is, is he the Messiah? Uh, and verse 20 says this, and the men were coming to him, Jesus, they said, John the Baptist has sent us unto thee, saying, Art thou he that should come, or we look for another? Verse 21, in the same hour he cured many of their infirmities uh, and plagues uh, and of evil spirits, and unto many that were blind. He gave what? Anybody here have any power to do any of that? It'd be pretty cool. <laughs> I suppose God could use us, Gary, to do any of those things if he chose to. The same hour, he cured many of their sicknesses, their plagues, and evil spirits. Evil spirits were cast out. They're real. We know that. And unto many that were blind, he gave sight. Gary says, amen. And Jesus answering said of them, go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how the blind see, amen, the lame walk, amen, the lepers are cleansed, amen, the deaf hear, amen, the dead are raised, amen. Uh, to the poor, the gospel is preached. Blessed is he, whosoever shall not be uh, offended in me. You know, they're pretty sure that Christ was the Messiah. They're pretty sure. They wanted to be real sure. And, and so Jesus performed this list of miracles to encourage their what? Faith, their belief. He, he encouraged their faith through these many miracles uh, that he performed. They didn't come saying, oh, we doubt. They didn't come saying, oh, we're offended. Uh, they came saying, basically, hey, we, we think you're probably the Messiah. We're, you know, we, we have this little uh, kernel of faith here, this little seed faith here, uh, but you know, tell us, show us. And the Lord began to, to perform miracles, and it was just like water on that seed, right? It's just like water. If you water a seed, it'll grow, right? And, and, and no doubt, I believe we can see uh, their faith 
was greatly, greatly uh, encouraged. Turn back to Matthew 8, please. Matthew 8. Let's, let's just see a few examples of the power of Christ in response to faith. Uh, the power of Christ, the miracles that he performed in, in response uh, to faith. He acted, he performed great miracles uh, in the presence of great faith, uh, no doubt in part, at least in great part, to encourage a greater faith. Uh, Matthew 8, here's a leper, uh, verse uh, 2. Behold, there came a leper. Uh, leprosy is no joke, right? That's a, that's a serious health problem. There came a leper and worshipped him. Bow down humbly to him. By the way, you don't do that unless there's some faith, amen? You don't bow down and worship someone or something unless there's at least a little bit of faith there. This, this man came with at least a little bit of faith saying, Lord, if thou, what? What, is that? what did he say? If thou, Matthew 8, 2, if, if thou, will. if you desire, if it's your will, thou canst make me, what? You can heal me. If it's your will, I know that you can heal me. That's faith, amen? That's faith. Verse 3 says, Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will, it is my will, be thou clean. He healed that man, and immediately his leprosy was what? Immediately and completely. That man came with a little bit of faith, and the Lord responded to his faith with this great miracle, a tremendous miracle. Uh, that's a miracle performed in response to faith. Uh, you're in Matthew 5, uh, sorry, you're in Matthew 8, verse 5. When Jesus was entered into where? Capernaum. There came unto him a centurion, beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant, lie, you know the story, my servant lieth, servant, there we go, lieth, I'm sick of the palsy, this, very grievous neurological problem, whatever it was, tormented, grievously tormented. Look at verse 8. Centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou should come under my roof. What wonderful humility. Uh, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be what? What, what do you call that? I call that faith. I, you know, don't come. I'm not worthy to have you in my house. I know that if you'll just say it here where we are, my servant will be healed. That's faith. That's wonderful faith. When Jesus heard it, verse 10, he marveled and said to them, follow, verily, that follow, verily, truly I say unto you, I have not found so great, was it? Was the word? Faith. <laughs> no, not in Israel. Verse 13 says this, Jesus said unto the centurion, go thy way, as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And a servant was what? What was the basis for that? Jesus performed that mighty work of healing this man's servant in response to this man's what? Faith. And awesome. By the way, could the Lord heal anyone, anytime, no matter what, whether there's faith or not? If he wills. But it seems to me that generally speaking, at least what we see in Scripture, is that he acts in response to faith. Acts in response to faith. 
He can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, wherever he wants. He's God. I'm not. He can do whatever he chooses to do. But it would seem to me that he chooses, at least most of the time, to act according to faith. How about one more? Is that okay? Matthew 9. You're right there. It's in the neighborhood. While we're in the neighborhood. Matthew 9, verse 27. Faith of the two blind men. Are you there? Okay. When Jesus departed, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, they knew who he was. Have mercy on us. What were they asking for? They were clearly asking for healing. They recognized who he was and what he's like and that he's able uh, to heal. He's able to show them mercy by healing them. That's a great faith. Verse 28, when he was coming to the house, the blind men, both of them, came to him. And Jesus saith unto them, uh, believe ye that I am able to do this? Is that what he said? He's asking them, do you believe that I'm able to? Why would he ask that? Uh, why is Matthew recording that question? As, why has the Holy Spirit had Matthew to record that question? Why he wants us to be able to see in 2021 that the Lord is going to act in response to their faith. Uh, believe ye that I am able to do this? They said unto him, what did they say? Yay, Lord. Yes, yes. Uh, yes, Lord, we believe. Uh, then touched he their eyes, saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened. Uh, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, tell no man, uh, seeing that no man know it. Saying, see that no man know it. He wasn't ready for everyone to see this yet. But he was ready for them to see in response to their faith. Now listen, we know today that uh, despite great faith, the Lord doesn't always heal. It's not always his will to heal every person who has great faith that he could do that. Does he sometimes... Does he sometimes heal in response to great faith? Does he sometimes heal in response to great faith? Can he do that today? Can he do miracles today? Absolutely he can. Have you seen the Lord do a miracle? Have you seen the Lord do a miracle? Have you ever seen the Lord do a miracle? Yeah, I believe we have. I believe we have. Somebody will say, no, I don't think so. I'm going to say, well, open your eyes. You choose to see God work. Open your eyes and choose to see uh, God at work. Gary, I believe God's done a miracle in your life, in your two eyes. Gary sent me a note yesterday. said, I, I, was, I drove up Route 8 to some place. And this is like my constant joke. But, you know, when I get those emails, I send them to everyone in the church. Beware. <laughs> Praise God. It's a miracle. When I met you, you couldn't see me well enough to know what I looked like. I was thankful for that. <laughs> Do you think there's a reason that over and over and over again the Lord shows us in the Gospels that he performed mighty miracles in response to faith and that when there was an absence of faith, he did not many mighty works. Do you think there's a reason for that? 
You think there's a reason, church? You think there's... Lord, grow our faith. <laughs> Amen? Uh, Lord, grow our faith. <laughs> Do you have faith that God could grow our church if he chose to? Do you? Someone will say, I don't know. It's 2021. There's such wickedness and people are caught up in various flavors of that. I just, I don't know. Uh, uh, I have faith that God is still saving people. Amen. Uh, God is still saving people and he's still growing believers and brother already still doing great miracles. And, you know, if he wanted this church to be bigger, he, he could do that. And I don't know how big he wants us to be. Maybe, he, maybe this is what he wants at this time. But I know, I, I know, I have faith that uh, if we'll continue to share the gospel, that the Lord will continue to add to his church. I know that. He says that in his word. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do, do you have faith that, uh, does anybody here have any needs that the Bible has promised the Lord will meet? Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> Do you have faith that he can and will keep his promises? Amen. <laughs> Lord, grow our faith. Uh, I, I believe that this is an assembly. I believe this is a church where God is doing mighty works. Uh, he's growing individuals I believe that God is working miraculously in the lives of the members of our church. Uh, I believe that uh, as our faith grows, uh, God will do that much more in and through this church. Um, is there room for your faith to grow? Is there room for your faith to grow? Is it reasonable to think that if we were serious about uh, our faith growing, that God might use us in greater ways as individuals and as our, a church corporately. Is, 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 that, is that biblical? Is it, is it biblical? If, if we got serious about saying, Lord, you know what? I, I'm thank you, thankful for saving faith. And, and Lord, thank you for growing my faith and, and your promises. And, uh, but Lord, you know what? I, I know that my faith needs to keep growing. I know there's doubts. I know that my prayers are pretty small prayers or, or maybe just medium prayers. They're not the enormous ones because, honestly, I just don't know if I have the faith to pray like that. But, God, if you'll grow my faith, I'll trust you to do mighty works in and through me uh, and in and through my church. Can God still reach a community like Trumbull, Connecticut? Shelton, Connecticut? Bridgeport, Connecticut? Beacon Falls, Connecticut? Who am I leaving out? I, I believe that one of the struggles we have when it comes to outreach is that we don't believe the Lord will save people if we go out. And listen, if you don't believe the Lord can save people, if, if we'll go out and share the gospel, it doesn't make sense to go out. Amen? 
It just doesn't make sense. It'd be a waste of time. Do you believe that people can be saved still if we'll share the gospel with them? Yeah. Sometimes we got to be sure that that is here and then ask the Lord to work it down to here and then down to the feet and the hands. Do you believe the Lord can save people if we'll get the gospel out there? I do. I do. Do you believe it's his will for people to be saved still today? Yeah. Um, here in a couple of weeks, we will, Lord willing, have our scripture assembly project. And sign up, please. Someone said the sign-up sheet's a little confusing, but we got that figured out, right? You sign up for each session, and you sign up for each meal. Sign up for everything that you can, because uh, we're almost out of Scripture. Amen? Right? We're almost out. Our supply is almost depleted. And uh, by the time we get to our Scripture Assembly weekend here in a couple of weeks, it'll, it'll be gone. We'll be out. And uh, we're going we're gonna to take gospel out there. But we're going to need help to get those booklets assembled. So please sign up and please plan to be here for as much of that time as you can be. I want to ask you to pray for the faith that if we as a church will be faithful to use those booklets to share the gospel, that God will in fact save people and add them to this church. Do you have faith that he could do that? Yeah. Lord, grow our faith. Lord, help us to do the things that we know that you have given us to grow our faith. Help us to be people who are present in our services. Help us to be people of your words. Help us to be people of prayer. Lord, help us to see you at work in our lives and the lives of others. Lord, help us to be people of great worship, personal and corporate. Lord, grow our faith. Lord, grow our faith. And as you do, I want to ask you to pray this. Lord, would you do mighty works among us, through us? Would you save people? You understand, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not asking you to pray that Lord to do some things that aren't for this time, right? Not, nothing like that. But would it be wrong for the Lord to grow our faith and then to use us to accomplish mighty things for him? Would that be wrong? I don't believe so. I believe that's his desire. Lord, grow our faith. Grow our faith. And as you do, Lord, use us to accomplish mighty works for you. Lord, give us hearts to reach people. Lord, give us hearts to disciple people. Lord, give us hearts to make disciples. Lord, Lord, grow the ministries of this church. We need Sunday school classes up and running. Amen? We need to reach young people. Uh, we, we need for there to be nursery up and running. We need, we need to be able to minister to families. Uh, Lord, give us, give us uh, different ways to, to minister to older people, to elderly people. Lord, whatever you would have that to be. Give us vision. Lord, do mighty works uh, among us. I don't believe God is done with Long Hill Baptist Church. Do you? Do you? I don't believe so. God, grow our faith and do mighty works.
through this church, not for our glory, but for yours. Will you pray that with me this morning? Let's pray, please. Father, I pray this morning, Lord, that you help us to be serious about where we are. Lord, if our, if our faith has wobbled, not in Christ for salvation, but Lord, if our faith has wobbled in what you, you can do through a church like ours, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to admit that to you, to confess that to you. Lord, I just don't know if I have the faith that you can use us the way you'd like to. Lord, I don't know if I have the faith that you could save people if we'll go out and share the gospel. Lord, I don't know that I have faith that you could use this church to reach young people and young families. Let's, let's be honest with the Lord this morning and confess the doubts that we have. Lord, search our hearts and show us the doubts that we have. And Father, give us hearts to confess those doubts this morning. Lord, I pray this morning that you would grow our faith. Lord, grow our faith that you can use us to reach people. Lord, grow our faith that you can use us to reach the next generation. Lord, grow our faith that you can use us to be ministering to elderly, older people the way we should. Lord, give us hearts. Give us faith that if we will invest and reinvest ourselves in ministry work, that you will accomplish exactly what you desire to accomplish. Lord, give us faith that if we do our part to encourage the growth of our faith, that you will do mighty works in and through this assembly, exactly that which you desire to accomplish. Lord, help us to be patient. Help us not to get ahead of you. But Lord, help us to believe. Help us to have faith that you can do exactly what you choose to do. I'll give you a moment to pray.